Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Miami Dolphins are 3-0 for the first time since 2018. The Colts are arguably perfect at 1-1-1 after a week three upset over the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had just three offensive touchdowns in three games. Is it time to panic yet in Tampa? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It was the statement win of the weekend. The Miami Dolphins take down the Buffalo Bills 21-19 to in a game that announces Miami as true contenders in the AFC. Joining me now from Locked on Dolphins, Kyle Krabs. And, and Kyle, this was a team coming in. Buffalo Bills on a roll. No one can stop them. And yet, 19 points in this game from Buffalo. Josh Allen was good but not great. How did the Dolphins lock down this incredible Buffalo D- or offense? Yeah, I think what's really interesting about the way that the game played out was you know, all of the injuries that or, or all the injuries that told on the Bills defensive side of the ball. And you kind of had the expectation there would be a lot of points in this game. And oh, Miami just kind of committed to, we're going to pressure you for 60 minutes. And, and I was really surprised that was the strategy too, because Josh Allen has been so effective against the blitz, but they blitzed him a ton and they pressured him a ton. And they said, we're going to make you play air free football for 60 minutes Credit to the Dolphins' defense for making a lot of tackles in the open field. They didn't always get them with the first guy that arrived, but oh, they forced Josh Allen to take a lot of throws underneath and rally to the football, and it forced Buffalo to string together 10, 18 play drives to try to move down the field, and they had three really, really long drives from time of possession and number of plays perspective in the second half of this game, and they walked away with three points in those three drives combined that was – uh, about 20 minutes time of possession in the second half. So uh, to Miami's credit, they forced them to nickel and dime their way all the uh, all the way down the field while keeping the pressure on Josh Allen by blitzing him, which is not usually a recipe for success. It it might be a little overshadowed now, but but in the moment when we saw Tua wobble and go down, that, that had to have been a scary sight for Dolphins fans. It was a scary sight for me. And, and I'm not a Dolphins fan. Just as a football fan, I'm going, oh, that looks brutal. There was a report that it was actually about his back locking up. What did you think the chances were when we saw that, that he would not only come back, but come back and help lead them to a win? Yeah, he obviously made the big throw to Jalen Waddle on third and 22 that set up the game-winning touchdown in the fourth quarter. But when, when he buckled the way that he did, I mean, that has been so stereotypically associated with head hits the ground on the way right. down and, and kind of the association. Well, there's no way if it, if it is a concussion, there's no way it clears protocols if that was the problem. Right. Well, lo and behold, and it, you did see the the moment that Tua Tungvaloa and Mike McDaniel referenced in the post games talking about when they did, when they got the short field on the Josh Allen fumble that set them up on a short field for their first touchdown of the game. They tried to sneak the ball with Tua under center and he did get bowed backwards, and you saw him get up out of that pile gingerly and, and kind of reach back for something in that moment. And then you saw him in the post game at the podium, and he's got the ice on his back, and his whole abdomen is wrapped. So y- you weren't going to feel good about that game if Teddy Bridgewater had to play the second half. And, and I know there's a lot of Dolphins fans that have a lot of excitement for seventh round rookie Skylar Thompson for what he showed in the preseason, but 
You don't want Skylar Thompson getting his first NFL game actually against Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott. That wouldn't have been too happy of an ending either. So uh, certainly a bullet dodged for the Dolphins and hopefully with the team having a Thursday night road game in Cincinnati this week, he'll be Tua Tungvalu will be good to go for that showcase as well. Yeah, and people immediately speculated when we saw him go to the locker room, oh, we're not going to be able to play against Cincy either. And it, it doesn't seem like, you know, we'll see how he progresses from this injury, but luckily not a concussion um, that, that we know about at this point. Kyle, I mentioned at the top that this was a statement win, that this was mm-hmm. Miami announcing themselves as AFC contenders. Do you agree with that? And what do you take away from this win? Yeah, I, I still think the the proven track record of teams like Kansas City and Buffalo is going to carry a lot of weight. And obviously, Buffalo was not in 100% on Sunday against Miami, and, and you take that into consideration. But uh, the Dolphins' defense is, is absolutely legit to play 40, almost 41 minutes on the field in these conditions and to take 90 snaps and to hold Buffalo to 17 points. And, and yeah, Josh Allen missed the throw there at the end of the game on fourth down, but you know, they – have consistently, they did it against Baltimore in crunch time too. their ability to kind of bow and make things happen. If this offense can kind of find some rhythm in the running game, which has been the sticking point for them thus far, uh, it's hard to say what the ceiling is, but they're definitely going to be a tough out for any team that gets them on the schedule. Stay up to date on the Miami Dolphins by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Dolphins podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Colts stun the Chiefs. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, delicious, indulgent cookie dough. I have already spent my own hard-earned dollars on cookie dough chunk puffs because they are that delicious. I bought them for my family. And they are wonderful. And I'm happy every time I open my cabinet and I see them. And I know that they're only 160 calories. And I know that they've got 15 grams of protein. And I know that they've got the good collagen protein that my body can more easily absorb. And I also know that they taste unlike anything else on the market. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got that protein-infused marshmallow. They're healthy and Tasty. So go to built.com and use the promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked on 15. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Philadelphia Eagles are 3 0 to start the season for the first time since 2016 after bullying the Commanders and former Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz for four quarters and route to a 24 8 win. Also, bullying my wallet because of my bets. The Eagles sacked Wentz nine times and Jalen Hurts played one of the best games of his career to become the first NFC team to get the three wins this season. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on top of the AFC South following a 38-10 win over the LA Chargers. The running back duo of James Robinson and Travis Etienne combined for 145 yards on 30 carries as the Jaguars once again dominated the clock. Despite having a quarterback with a rib injury, the Los Angeles Chargers threw the ball 45 times and ran the ball just 12 in the loss. The Jacksonville Jaguars are victorious in Los Angeles by beating the Los Angeles Chargers 38-10 in what was a dominating performance, a signature performance for the second week in a row. The Jaguars controlled the ball for 38 minutes, more than 38 minutes, and the Chargers only 
added 21 minutes and ran over 75 plays on offense as they got out early and then played with the lead. That has become the blueprint of this team the last two weeks. They've outscored two really good opponents, 62 to 10, in the last eight quarters. The Jaguars have a signature win for Doug Peterson, go to two and one, and now sit atop of the AFC South. And they go to Philly next week so Doug can try to get some revenge on the Eagles. The Baltimore Ravens opted to not give Lamar Jackson a contract at least not the one he wanted by the time the season started. The 2019 league MVP now has 749 passing yards, 10 passing touchdowns, 243 rushing yards, my goodness, and two rushing touchdowns through three games. Lamar might single-handedly bankrupt the Ravens if this pace keeps up. And oh yeah, they beat the Patriots. The Minnesota Vikings and Detroit Lions went down to the wire on Sunday afternoon, ending with a Vikings win after not leading until just 45 seconds left in the game. The NFC North is now the only NFC division with three teams holding a 2-1 record. Believe it or not, that's a Vikings win. Vikings win 28-24 in a game they were trailing for 59 of 60 minutes. A wide-open K.J. Osborne on Mike Hughes, of all people, clutches the game. Great pass by Kirk Cousins as well. It was, I'm not going to be honest, a terrible game. The Vikings defense that was porous, their zone defense was awful, all sorts of holes all over the place, free pitch and catch all day, run game was unbelievable for the Lions, and they have a great run game, but still, bad day. Uh, the offense, on the other hand, was anemic, there were three and outs all over the place, Kirk Cousins could, again, could not counter the blitz, whatever offense they're running against blitz, their blitz counters are just not working, and the Lions are a blitz-heavy team, and they were anemic for most of the game, but... Get a couple of clutch fourth down stops. Get a couple of clutch conversions on your own. Adam Thielen with a big day. KJ Osborne, of course, with the big uh, day at the end. And that's what this team needs to do when you double Justin Jefferson all day. Jefferson was almost completely shut out of the game. uh, But to score 28 anyways and be able to utilize Irv Smith on a big catch. Adam Thielen on a big catch. KJ Osborne on a big catch. That is how you can grit out a win like this. 28 to 24, the final score. More on all of this coming up on the Locked On Vikings podcast. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets have announced the firing of head coach Jeff Collins after a 10 and 28 record. Brutal in four seasons. The Yellow Jackets won one game this season against Western Carolina University. Unsurprisingly, an FCS school. Here is another story you need to know. The Cardiac Colts get an impressive 20-17 win against the Kansas City Chiefs after looking lifeless for two weeks. This is why we love the NFL, because these games can happen. The Colts lost and tied in about as dispiriting fashion as you could have the first two weeks of the season, and then they go out and beat maybe the best team in the league at home. Joining me now, Zach Hicks from Locked On Colts. And Zach, this was a game that if if you were just watching, let's say, Red Zone, you were like, how are the Colts winning this game? So <laughs> for those who only watched Red Zone, how did the Colts win this game? Uh, basically, it came down to two things. Uh, one, the Colts defense played uh, some really good football. Uh, really, really good football from the Colts defense. Uh, Pat Mahomes was pressured on 38% of his dropbacks. Uh, they got off the field on third and fourth down. Uh, just a really strong game from the Colts defense. Uh, and the other one was the special teams miscues uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. 
they had a muff punt at the beginning of the game that gave the Colts seven points. They had a bizarre faked field goal that they didn't convert in the second half. They had a missed field goal in the second half. Um, the, the Chiefs' special teams mistakes kept the Colts in the game. The Colts' defense kept them in the game. And then they went down and they uh, and they won it with a final you know couple minute uh, touchdown drive from their offense. But if you're really going to give it to any real reason why the Colts were in this game, it's their defense and and timely special teams mistakes from the Chiefs. And if you want to be optimistic about this team moving forward, I think you can just point to two rookies. Alec Pierce yeah. had three catches for 61 yards. Um, that that's a very good average if if you're even half decent at math. And then Jelani yeah. Woods who had two touchdowns, including the go-ahead score at the end of the game. If you're saying, okay, well, Matt Ryan hasn't looked great and Michael Pittman is just coming back. Yes, but they have these two guys who by Halloween could be tilting the field for them. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of uh, Colts fans coming into the season were really concerned about this group of pass catchers. You know, does this kind of young, inexperienced tight end group really have anybody who can go off? Does this receiver group have a number two player behind Michael Pittman Jr.? And we kind of got to see glimpses of these two rookies taking over those prominent roles. I mean, Jelani Woods barely played the first two weeks. He got out there today with, with a couple more snaps in the passing game and, and looked really good. I mean, the game-winning touchdown was a play designed to go to him against Juan Thornhill, who's a good safety. Uh, and, and they had the confidence to throw it up to him, and, and he made that big play. Uh, and then Alec Pierce, I mean, he made a number of plays today. Uh, there was actually the play right before Jelani Woods' game-winning touchdown. Alec Pierce beats his man for a slant, and if Matt Ryan had a little bit more time, that's the game-winning touchdown right there. And we're talking even more about Alec Pierce. So these two rookies, you know, we've seen rookies kind of go off with the Colts before. Uh, now they really, really need it with their new quarterback and their offensive line struggles. And, and uh, yeah, the, both these guys really came to play today. So for the Colts moving forward, when, when you and I talk, let's say in a month, are we going to be talking about the first two weeks as an aberration or this game, which is more likely? It really depends on this offensive line. <laughs> Whatever happens with this Colts offensive line is what's going to happen with this team going forward. Cause even today, uh, this offensive line was uh, a complete disaster uh, all, all game long. They were not getting a push in the run game. Uh, I think the chiefs had five sacks and 10 quarterback hits along with two fumbles on sacks forced. Uh, it, it, it was just a complete disaster. So the Colts offensive line can at least get to average. I mean, they're the number one paid offensive line in football. So we hopefully you get them to the top 10 and pass protection. But I mean, if they could just get to average, I think this Colts team could be fine. Their defense played well. Their special teams look good. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan, when he had time and these pass catchers look pretty good today, it really all comes down to the offensive line. So Hopefully we're sitting here talking about this being the start of something good, but I got to see a little bit more for the offensive line before I'm saying that the Colts really turned the corner. Stay up to date all year on the Indianapolis Colts by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Colts podcasts on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost a defensive battle to the Green Bay Packers. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. The New York Giants are one point favorites at home against the Dallas Cowboys tonight on Monday Night Football. Also tonight, the Boston Red Sox are minus 125 favorites to beat the Baltimore Orioles in a battle of the two last place teams in the AL East. And for Thursday Night Football, we're already there. The Cincinnati Bengals are early two and a half point favorites to beat the only 3 0 team in the AFC, the Miami Dolphins. Bet Online, where the game starts. Week three was full of close games, but perhaps the one that drew the most attention wasn't even the Sunday night game. Rather, it was the one 
That was most likely the last matchup between two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, at least in the regular season. The star matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady came down to the wire, but the fireworks in the meantime were were few and far between in a 14 to 12, well, rock fight. Joining me now from Locked on Bucks, James Yarko and James this was a game that you and I previewed on our shows coming into the week. We had a feeling this was going to be low scoring, but not quite this low scoring with the understanding that Mike Evans was suspended. Chris Godwin is working his way back from injury and Julio Jones missed this game with injury. This is a Bucks team that now has uh, just a handful of touchdowns, three touchdowns in three games offensively. What is your level of concern about this offense? I'm not ready to panic yet. And it I a big part of that is the fact that we know Mike Evans will be back next week. We know Chris Godwin is on his way back. There is some concern about Julio, who Todd Bowles said after the game he expects to play against Kansas City, but he's dealing with a partially torn PCL. So even if he does play, how effective will he be? What is the you know risk of, of injuring that even worse? But it was encouraging to see the utilization of Russell Gage. Finally, uh, this is a guy that they brought in to be the number three before they signed Julio. And it's like, they finally remembered that he's on the team and they can pass him the ball. Um, you have the offensive line issues. you you have your third string left tackle. You have a backup center. Uh, you have a rookie at left guard. Things are going to get cleaned up. Things are going to get back on track. So not ready for the panic button yet. This is still going to be an offense that as they get deeper into the season is going to be far better than what they've shown the first three weeks. Yeah, the, the skill position things seem fixable. Mike Evans gets back from suspension. He's played this season. Chris Godwin works his way back to health. And, and then you get what you get from Julio, whatever that's going to be at this point in his career. The bigger question to me is what happens with this offensive line? Because Donovan Smith is dealing with an injury. You're dealing with a third team left tackle, um, a rookie at left guard that the Packers were able to take some advantage of and a backup center. At least the, the latter of those two things are, are not going to change this season. So to what degree do you think this offensive line can be mitigated, I guess, in, in, in the grand scheme of what this offense needs to be? Well, I think Robert Hainsey has played extremely well in, you know, substitution for Ryan Jensen, who you can't replace Ryan Jensen and what he brings to the team, both in, in his ability to play football, but also as a leader on the team. But I think Robert Hainsey has done a, an admirable job stepping in. You take a look at Donovan Smith. He did return to practice last week, and it's going to be about pain management with him. So maybe you get him back a little bit sooner rather than later. And then with Luke Gedeke, the injury to Aaron Stinney that took him out, I felt Aaron Stinney was going to end up being the starting left guard for this team. So it's going to be about Gedeke just adapting to the NFL game. So I still believe that there's room for improvement there, that they are going to get better. They are eventually going to get Donovan Smith back. Hopefully you get Ryan Jensen back later in the season for a potential playoff push. That's why he, he didn't get placed on IR during training camp. They carried him over to the initial 53 man before placing him on that IR spot and, and, you know, bringing in somebody else. So, much like the pass catchers, though, the, the differences are going to be as stark or as drastic. 
there is going to be opportunity for this offensive line to improve and start to protect Brady a little bit better than what we've seen early. And finally, the game between the Atlanta Falcons and Seattle Seahawks was briefly delayed because there was an unauthorized drone flying over the field. While there is no definitive proof, we suspect the handler might have been Atlanta Falcons owner Arthur Blank trying to prevent yet another Falcons fourth quarter collapse. And he would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for those meddling kids. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will the NFC East be the home to two 3-0 teams? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.